0: So, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, starting in verse number 7. The word of God says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed, always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. Today I want to preach to you on this thought against all odds, against all odds. And I'm going to ask my brother, my heavenly brother, my spiritual brother, my real life on earth brother, who encourages me and helps me along in this journey to pray for me. If you don't care, brother, pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So against all odds, what are odds? What are odds? The definition of odds is the chances or likelihood of something happening. That's what odds are. So if I, I've got this dice here. If I roll this dice, what are the odds that I roll a six? One and six, that's right. Now, so if I roll, let's just see what it comes to. I got a five. I didn't roll a six. The odds are against me when I I say I'm going to roll a six because it's one out of six. If I'm above the three, above the half, the threshold, then the odds are for me. But the odds ain't for me when I'm trying to roll one number on a dice. If I was to roll a six and then pick up the dice again and roll another six, what are the odds that I roll a six two times in a row? A lot of people say, and it's wrong, but they'll say one in 12. Well, that's not right. The answer is actually one in 36. You take one six times one six. The odds of me rolling a six and then picking the dice up again and rolling another six is one in 36 times. So on average, it will take me about 36 times to do that. And so forth. Three times in a row would be one in two hundred sixteen. Four times in a row would be one uh, one thousand two hundred ninety six. Five times in a row is one in seven thousand seven hundred seventy six. And then there's another nu- there's another number. Seventy times in a row. What if I took this dash right here, right here before you, and rolled it, and rolled a six, and then picked it up and rolled it again, and rolled a six, and picked it up and rolled it again, and rolled a six, and picked it up and did it seventy times in a row. Seventy times in a row. That number, the chances of that happening is 1 in 10 to the 55th power. That is a 10 with 55 zeros after it. That's how big, that's, that's how many odds it would take for me to get that number. How long would that take to do? It would take 100 trillion times 10 years. In other words, if God handed Adam a dice whenever he was created and Adam started rolling until he got 76s in a row, he would have not, never got, he would still be rolling that dice today. It's, that's how long it would take. The world's not been here that long. But if, if I sit here and did that, what would you think of me? You'd think this dice was loaded. You'd think you'd come up here and say, "There's no, that's all sixes on each side. You'd say, you cheated somehow. That's not right. You'd think, well, the, the God did that. right? You'd have those kind of thoughts. You, would, you know it wouldn't be me. You know it couldn't be me. It couldn't be me. I'm a human. I can't do something like that unless I cheat, unless I use some kind of a trickery. Odds are all around us. Odds are all around us. Everywhere we look, we can make odds. We see sometimes they may be in our favor, and we see other times not so much. The odds of someone dying of cancer is 1 in 7. 1 in 7. The odds of somebody dying from heart disease is 1 in 6. Those odds are likely. But then some odds are more likely not to happen. The odds of you getting struck by lightning is 1 In 15,000. Yet, somebody beat those odds seven times. Roy Sullivan was hit by lightning seven times. Seven times. Yet, so we don't need to look at the numbers around us. Sometimes monumental odds can and will happen, just like with this man. But by the end of that, this message, and I hope you realize that. I hope you realize that odds are just that. They don't mean nothing. Nothing. Um, we sometimes focus on odds. as so monumental and we give up and we don't do the things that we need to do because we think the odds are against us. Um, A millionaire, the odds of being a millionaire is 1 in 30. The odds of being a billionaire is 1 in 4.3 million. The odds of you being disabled before retirement is 1 in 4. The odds of you having hearing loss before 75 is 1 in 2. So one out of every two people has hearing loss before 75. The odds of you being an astronaut is 1 in 12, one, 1 million. The odds of you being a president is 1 in 10 million. But yet, if you go to Harvard, the odds of a president who's went to Harvard is 1 in 3. So one in out of every three presidents have went to Harvard. So what I'm saying is, if you go to Harvard, your odds now spike up of you becoming president. You can change the odds by what you do. You can change the odds by how you live. You can change those odds. When we cater life to something, our odds increase naturally. My point is tonight, what is the odds of being in the will of God? What is the odds? That's up to you. That's up to you. Entirely up to you. Entirely up how do you? how do you live. The Bible is full of stories on people who went head on when the odds were stacked against them. And today I want to go over some of those people and how they stepped up when it mattered most. So my first point tonight, odds are, Life will be against us. Odds are life will be against us. So what do we got to do when life life is against us? We got to confront the odds. We have to confront the odds. The Bible says there in in verse number 8, we are troubled on every side. Troubled on every side. Have you ever heard the phrase, life throws some curveballs at you? I wish I could say that statement wasn't true, but it is definitely true. And people of you, you all know that's true. You know that life throws curveballs at you. Things happen that we don't expect. Things go on that we not necessarily we saw coming the day before. We lay our heads down at night expecting a, a whole different way the world turns out the next day. Things just come upon us and we don't understand sometimes. It's like we're troubled under, on every side. If we go in this way, my dryer tears up. If we go this way, my boss at work's yelling at me. If we go this way, my wife at home's yelling at me. If I go this way... Somebody else is yelling at me. What I'm saying is there's trouble no matter what way we go in this life. There's trouble on every side. There's trouble no matter what direction you go in. There's trouble on every side. Life is going to be against you. People are going to be against you. Circumstances are going to be against you. The devil, he's going to be against you. Numbers are going to be against you. What I mean by numbers is uh, sometimes there's going to be many people against you. One person. The Christian body as a whole, we have many people out there against the Christians. They're against us. We're troubled. Yeah, your job's gonna be against you some days. Your education's gonna be against you. Sometimes your family's gonna be against you. Your flesh is gonna be against you. Life is gonna be against you from the get go. The numbers or odds will say you fail. It's not a matter of if we go through troubles, but a matter of when we go through the troubles. We're gonna go through troubles in this life. When the numbers are against you, we have to confront them. We've got to confront them head on. How are the numbers against you? Well, who here goes to church? Everybody here is in a church, so I guess everybody should raise their hand. We, we all are in church right now, so listen to these odds about church. 38% of pastors are thinking about leaving the ministry. 1,500 a month last year. 80% of pastors will have conflict in their church. 1,300 were fired each month last year. Six out of ten churches are declining in attendance. That's 3,500 people a day we're losing in the church. Churches are closing their doors more than they ever have. We're losing more than we're gaining. Are you going to let those odds tell you not to go to church, though? You see, just because the odds are saying the churches are closing, don't let that be what makes you not go to church. Don't Don't look at the odds. How many of you were ever addicted to drugs or alcohol or some kind of another addiction, pornography or something? Well, let me tell you. One in three families deal with some kind of addiction. One in three. Nine out of ten addicts relapse after being clean. One in 67 will die of overdose. But don't get paralyzed by those stats. Faith over fear. Let the odds come in your favor. The odds may seem like they're against you, but look, they don't have to be. For example, one out of ten people go to church. One out of ten people. Yeah, if I look around here tonight, every one of, the, of us is that one out of ten. Every one of us. So everyone in this room tonight has beaten those odds. The odds were against us, but we come to church. So now, therefore, now the odds are for us. We need to start looking at numbers and quit just letting them make fear. Listen, fear is from the devil. God doesn't put the spirit of fear in anyone. So only though 1 in 10 come to church, we all beat those odds. Um, We all beat them. And, you know, one day we can look back and say, well, that person never went back to the lifestyle he was in. At at our funeral one day, our family can gather around. That person never did go back to that lifestyle. That person defied the odds. That person kept on going. That person kept the faith. That person kept going to church. That person never gave up. That's what we should desire. We shouldn't want to have people saying, well, he, he quit. He quit on God. When it got rough, he quit on God. When times got rough. Life ain't butterflies and rainbows, can I tell you that? How many of you have ever been at the point in your life when you felt like everything was against you? Spilling your coffee in the morning? Forgot to set your alarm? Got a speeding ticket? We cannot escape pain. We can't escape suffering. We can't escape these circumstances that are going to happen in our lives. But look at what the verse says after. Look at what the verse says after we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. That word yet means although, in spite of, nevertheless, how be it, however, however, though I'm troubled on every side, though I'm troubled when I go this way, and when I go this way, and when I go this way and this way, way, I won't be distressed. I won't be distressed. Basically, even though I'm troubled, I'm not going to be distressed. Daniel was a man that couldn't walk through life and not have problems. The Bible says he was faithful. He was favored in the eyes of the Almighty God. He was the main guy under King Darius. The king had 120 princes over his kingdom and three presidents over 40 of the princes each. And Daniel was one of those. But the Bible teaches he was preferred over any of the presidents from the king. The king preferred Daniel. He sought to put him over the entire realm Everyone under Daniel didn't like him though. No one liked him. Life was going against Daniel. They sought to destroy him, to kill him. They went to the king and got a mandate out. And I know you guys know the story. that There could be nobody praying to God. And what did Daniel do? Daniel 6.10 says this. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed... He went into his house and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Praying three times a day, just like he did before. Your own family, listen, the world might change, your family might change, some laws might change, the president might change. But I'm glad the one over it all, the one in control over it all, he will never change. The Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's sitting there up on the throne and he ain't changed from the time he said, let there be light to now. He's the same God. He's the same God and he is for you. He's still on the throne today, can I tell you? I'm glad my hope is in the one that's in control the one that's making all the work happen. Daniel was faithful, and this still happened to Daniel. Daniel did no wrong. They throw him in the den of lions. The king fasted that night for Daniel and couldn't sleep. His hands were tied, though. First thing in the morning, he went to the den and yelled, Daniel, are you okay? And he said, King, yes, I'm okay. My God has shut the lion's mouth. My God has turned this place into a petting zoo. My God is for me. That's what Daniel said back to him. My God has delivered me. You know, animals are fascinating creatures of God. I believe they're second to us humans. Here are some animal odds according to the world. Death by a lion, what we're speaking of here, one in 250 million. Death by a shark is the same at one in 250 million. But death by a dog is one in 112,000. Death by bees is one in 63,000. And death by a mosquito is one in 8,000. One in 8,000. A mosquito is actually the most dangerous animal. People are afraid of sharks. Don't even want to go swim in any ocean because of it. I know people that won't even touch an ocean, won't even put their their, uh, foot in an ocean, their toes. They won't dip their toe in the ocean because they're afraid of sharks. Because they're afraid of sharks, yet they have a dog. Why is it only certain odds change things? Why we look at some odds and don't look at others? We give up completely when we feel it is a certain odd is against us and unobtainable when they're really in our favor. We give up on a dream because the odds seem like they're against us but won't go out and swim in a beach. Does everyone believe in a high and mighty providential sovereign God? If you do, those, those numbers shouldn't even affect you. Death by a vending machine is less than a shark at 1 in 112,000. Death by hot tap water is 1 in 5 million. Death by our own government is 1 in 119,000. Death by a toilet is 1 in 10,000. Listen to this. Death by another human being is 1 in 221 people. 1 in 221 people get killed by another human being. Yet we don't want to go in the ocean and swim in sharks. We don't want to visit Africa because of lions. We need to look around because we live in an ocean full of sin and a jungle full of disaster. And it's it's our own flesh, it's our own humans, that's doing the most danger to us. The same thing happens when you look at travel. Uh, uh, the chances of dying in a boat is one in fourteen million. The chances of dying in a plane is one in eleven million. But the chance of dying in a car crash is uh, one in hundred, a one in one hundred and one. Do you know how many people I met that will not get on a boat or a plane? The most dangerous thing a human can do, the most dangerous thing the human can be around is other human beings in automobiles but we're around those every single day so it comes down to faith living by faith and not by sight not how the world claims it daniel had that faith and god shut the lion's mouth he shut the lion's mouth don't let fear paralyze you daniel was probably afraid to pray but yet that didn't stop him He was probably afraid to get down in his house and pray those three times and give thanks to God. He's probably fearful for it, but that didn't stop him. He didn't let that fear paralyze him. That's what it means to put faith over your fear. Still do it anyway, even though you're afraid. Put the faith over your fear. Daniel, put the faith over your fear. Having faith don't mean fear ain't going to come. It means you got to go against it. I'm not saying to test God. I'm not saying to go jump in a pool of sharks. Go stand out in the highway, but don't go walking on eggshells either. Amen. God don't want that in your life. He wants you to go out and confront the odds. Daniel had some friends too, and I'm sure you've heard of them: Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar and the, uh, the golden idol, and told everyone to bow to it, and they wouldn't bow. Those three Hebrew boys would not bow. So what would he do? He threw them in a furnace. Everyone, you know, they were being faithful to God. They wouldn't bow. Everyone else around them was bowing. Everyone around them was bowing. So why shouldn't they? Everyone else, everyone out there is partying. So why shouldn't we? Everyone out there is living the way they want to live. So why shouldn't we? Because we are here to glorify God. We are here to bring God glory, not ourselves. This partying and drinking and living it up, does that bring God glory? No, it does not. Does bowing down to a gold idol bring God glory? No, it does not. So that mad king throws them in a furnace, but God Himself came down, put His hand on the thermostat, and walked around in the fire with them. He walked around in the fire with them. Hallelujah. Both King Darius and King Nebuchadnezzar made decrees following these events. Both of them. Listen to these decrees, and this is from the Word of God. King Darius made this decree. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even into the end. And King Nebuchadnezzar said this, Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made of dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. Why does God allow us to go through troubles and hard times and wait so long to pull us out of them? Why do we feel like the heat in the furnace is getting turned up on us? So after he does deliver us, there's no question about it, it was God. It was God. Couldn't have been anybody else. God delivered. They didn't beat the odds that day. God did. God beat the Daniel and his Hebrew buddies confronted the odds. Daniel kept praying and the three Hebrew men didn't bow. Confronting the odds. Often we operate in the flesh and not in the spirit. You think I'm wrong about that? Then why haven't you acted on that vision that God's given you? Why haven't what what is it that's holding you back from getting to that next level that God wants you to be at? Examine, the Bible says to examine yourself. Is there something God's been asking you to do? And you keep putting it off. You keep putting God in the back burner, and you keep doing your own thing. You're not confronting the odds. The Spirit's instructed you to start that business, but the odds don't look so good at this time you have not started a business. The Spirit's instructed you to ask her to marry you. You're afraid to ask. You may reject you. She may say no. She may be waiting for you to ask. There's a new positioning open on the job. I want it, but I don't feel like I'm qualified. I want to go to the next level, but I'm afraid what my friends will say. I want the new house, but I don't know if I'll qualify. The enemy is out to kill me, though. And God said, go anyway. They don't like me. God said, go anyway. They call me a Jesus freak. Well, God said, go anyway. I'm not wanted there. Well, God said, go anyway. They even say hateful things against me. Well, guess what? God said, go anyway. We have to say, I'll go if I have to all by myself. If my mom don't go, if my dad don't go, if my preacher don't go, if my brother don't go, if my family don't go, if God tells me to go, I better go. We need to learn to be obedient to the spirit. The flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love and of sound mind. We must confront the odds. It may look like a slim chance. You may think you're all alone. But when God says go, you need to go and confront the odds. Amen. Number two, odds are time will be against us. So we've got to contest the odds. We have to contest the odds. Look at that next verse there. We are perplexed. We are perplexed. That Greek word for perplexed. porio. aporio. Aporio means to be at loss, to be in doubt or uncertain. You ever heard the statement that we're living in uncertain times? That's not an understatement. We're living in uncertain times today. For thousands of years, we could only go fast as a horse and buggy. We could only go that fast. But in the last 200 years, we figured out how to go faster and faster and faster. Starting with trains on the planes and now automobiles and rocket ships. We did that all in the last 200 years. We did it to speed things up, get us from place to place faster. But in reality, technology has given us less time. Less time with our families. Less prayer time. Less conversation. Less time just to get alone with God and talk to Him. We're living life and fast forward. We're moving so fast we don't even know what's going on. Everybody's on a cell phone. It didn't used to be that way. We used to have those times with conversation. I remember even when I was little. That just shows you what the change is. The change just in my life. I'm 27 years old in two days. You know, and in my lifetime, I've seen this change. I didn't have no phone when I was little. I didn't get my first phone until I was a sophomore in high school. That's when I got my first phone. So I grew up with, I grew up without a phone. I grew up with that. And I'm sure some of you definitely grew up without a phone, right? And it was times where we say those are times are much simpler. Times are much simpler. It's because technology is advancing at such a fast pace. We don't know what's ahead of us. We don't know what's going to be like in the next 10 years the way it's grown with this AI stuff that's going on now. Everything's just growing. It's, well, hey, time is against us. Time is against us. The Bible says, Be still and know that I'm God. We need to take time and think about Him. Time isn't on our side. Have you ever heard that phrase? Just like life, time is against us, whether we like it or not. But you know what? you got to contest those odds. Go against the spectrum of what others are saying. Fools say that we have plenty of time. The devil says that we have plenty of time. But can I tell you that every day is a day closer to death? Whether we like it or not, time is running out. When we were born, we started dying. Every day is a day closer to death. The bank of time gives us 86,400 seconds each day. To spend and invest. If we don't use that time given to us, we lose it never to get it back. God may call you to do something when you're younger. um, And I urge you not to put it off. Any young people in here that God urges you to do, don't put it off. Don't wait on God. Don't wait, whether in ministry or something else. But He may even ask you to do something when you're older. Age is just a number to God. Moses was on the backside of the desert. He was 80 years old, couldn't even speak plainly, and God came and told him to go to Pharaoh and get my people back. And Moses did just that. Do you think think that he might have been afraid? The Bible says he was, but he still went. He contested the odds of his olden age, walked right up to the Pharaoh and demanded he let the Israelites go. And through God's mighty persuading power, he sent down ten plagues, and harden the Pharaoh's heart and let him leave. Why did he harden the Pharaoh's heart? To bring more glory to him. He got glory out of it. Why does God allow obstacles in our lives that seem impossible? To bring more glory to him. Now were the odds against the 80-year-old men? Yeah, sure they were. But did that stop him from contesting them? It didn't. And it's a good thing. Because it would have been, we would have had a whole different author of the first five books of the Bible. And I say a different author because I believe in my whole heart that if Moses would have told God no, God would have chosen somebody else to write those books. God would have still made sure we had this word. And if God tells you to do something and you don't do it, God's going to find somebody else to do it. God's going to move down the chain. He says, All right, maybe one day I'll come back to you again. But you're going to miss out on some blessings. I promise you that. You're going to miss out on some blessings for God when you tell Him no. When God speaks to you and you tell Him no, it's the same thing, that's a sin. You're sinning against God. You're telling Him no. You're being disobedient to Him. And you're missing out on some blessings in your life. You're missing out on some blessings. When God asks you to do it, do it. Time is against you. Do it now. King David contested the odds with the giant. The odds were against him as well. Time wasn't on David's side either. Not because he was too old, because he was too young. Too little. David went by faith and said, I'm not going to let an uncircumcised Philistine tell me what to do. He said, I've got a God in heaven that's way more than that. I've got a God on my side. I'm not afraid of no giant. That's what David said. God wants you to take the resources you have right now and step up to the plate. It might be your prayer life. It might be your studying. It might be your boldness. It might be your wisdoms. God's given us each something. God's given us all a little pebble that we need to put in our slingshot and take every giant down in our life. God's gave us the resources to do it. God's waiting on you. God is waiting on you. Don't tell Him no. God is saying do it now. Time is against you. Do it now. Time is against you. Not tomorrow, but now. Time isn't on your side, so do it now. We might not even see tomorrow. Do it now. Every time the clock ticks. I've said this before, I think, but just imagine it as God saying now, 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 now. God wants you to do it now. Now. He don't want you to put it off. Rich people can't buy more time. Scientists can't invent new minutes. You can't even save up time for another day. The Bible says redeem the time. Some people even tithe their time like they do their income. That's two hours and 24 minutes a day. Is God worth that to you? We're perplexed, it says. But after that it says, but not in despair. We're not going to be in despair over it. Psalms 31:15 says, My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Our time is in God's hands. Wow. Wow. The Bible says in Peter, he will exalt us up in due time. That doesn't mean just sit back and wait though. That doesn't mean just sit back and not do nothing. Start praying now. Start studying now. Start loving others now. Get off the drugs now. Put the bottle down now. Build relationships now. Follow God now. Be like Jesus now. And if you aren't saved, get saved now. 2 Corinthians 6 says, now, in this, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. If you haven't got saved, right now is the best day to do it. Right now God wants us to start getting ready. Time isn't on our side and God knows that. But He used young little David and He used old stricken Moses and He got His job completed through them. He can use you too. It's not the days of your life, but it's the life in your days that count. Jesus was 33 years old. He only was in ministry three years, and look what all he accomplished with God on his side. It's as easy as saying, God, I know one day... These possessions of mine will pass away. I know one day my family will pass away. I know one day that I'll even pass away and heaven and earth will pass away. But God, I know my salvation will never pass away, God. I go, God, I know you're going to be my rock that I stand on. You're going to be the rock that I helps me lead me through. You're going to be the one that tells me where I need to go. God, I'm going to put my faith and trust in you. You created this universe in six days. I'm sure you can help me get through day to day. God, you're awesome. God, you're powerful. God, you're Great, God, you're holy. God, the time is in your hands, God. We're in His hands. Hallelujah, our time is in God's hands. It's so how, how happy it makes me that my time is in God's hands and it should make you happy too. So do what He asked you to do. Time may not be on your side, but God, I'm ready to contest the odds against me when I got you with me. When you know that God has sent you, God is anointing you like David, God is with you, it doesn't matter. Contest those odds. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Contest the odds. They say you're too old. Well, contest those odds. They say you're too young. Contest those odds. They say that you will not last. Contest those odds. They say you're not educated enough. Well, contest those odds. They say you don't qualify. Contest those odds. They say you got cancer. Well, get Guess what? You need to contest those odds. They say the church ain't going to last. Well, contest those odds. Hey, I got God. God sent me. So I'm going to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to contest those odds because time is against us and time is running out. Contest the odds. Number three, odds are life is against you. Time is against you. The odds are God is for you. God is for you. So we need to not only Contest the odds. Confront the odds. We need to conquer the odds. Conquer the odds. Persecuted. Verse number uh, 9. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Persecuted, but not forsaken. We may be persecuted by everyone around us, and time may be against us, but the Bible says God will never leave nor forsake us. The Bible also says if God be for us, Who can be against us? In other words, if God be for us, what odds can truly be against us? Out of all the stats I've shared with you, do you remember the biggest one? It was the dice at the beginning of my sermon when I said, if you rolled it 70 times in a row, it would be 1 in 10 to the 55th power. There's another odd that matches that odd. The expansion rate of the universe, 1 in 10 to the 55th power of the universe happening according to the science books. Any faster and the universe would have expanded too rapidly and not allowed the formation of stars, galaxies, and all that. Any slower and the universe would have collapsed back on itself. God rolled the dice 70 times in a row. First time, first roll, He rolled the dice. and, he, and he made, Listen, the expansion rate is just one of the 30 other expansion rate, the other unique forces that we have just to be on this earth right now. The sun had to be in the right spot. The moon and the stars had to be in the right place. Earth had to be tilted at the right angle. we got a magnetic field that has to be the certain way. Everything working right now, it's, it's, it's perfect. And the odds of them all happening simultaneously are astronomical. First time, first roll. You, you guys told me you would have thought I would have loaded the dice. You would have thought I would have cheated. I would have been the cheater. Well, I'm glad God loaded the dice to create the universe. He did it first time, first roll. You see, odds were against us from the get-go. But I'm glad God was for us. I'm glad believing in God is a perfectly reasonable conclusion. Look at His fingerprints on the creation around us. The mountains so beautiful, the sky so blue, the sun so bright. It's God. It's God. The heavens declare His name, it says. We are the product of an intelligent mind that... It, that intended for us to be here. He intended for us all to be here. Now I'm about to give you an even bigger odd, the biggest one yet. The biggest one yet. And to do this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hand out some of these dice. So each one of you have that dice. I'm going to ask you to do something with it in just a moment. Just hold on to it tight. Everyone in this room has conquered the odds. Every one of us. Every one of us. We are all conquerors, and let me explain how. Odds of our parents meeting each other. Every one of you in this room. The odds of your parents meeting each other is 1 in 20,000. That's just them meeting. The odds of them continuing talking after the meeting is 1 in 10, and then meeting again is another 1 in 10, and another time of meeting then, going to date, on, date and getting married. You add all those odds up, and it gets crazy. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. Men will produce 12 trillion sperm cells in their lifetime, while women produce 100,000 eggs. The odds of that one sperm cell meeting that one egg is 1 in 400 quadrillion. Now let's say your parents met in a grocery store. If the red light would have stayed red a little bit longer or the line in the store was a little shorter, then you wouldn't even be here. Or if they met at a job and one of your parents decides at the last minute they didn't want that job, you wouldn't be here. Here's the thing though, your parents also had to be born. Now in order for your parents to be born, their parents had to meet. And we go through that whole line again. All the way back to Adam. None of your ancestors which have been millions. We we all got millions of ancestors. We're born stillborn. None of them. Yet the odds of being stillborn is 1 in 175. But millions of your ancestors have not been stillborn. Every one of your ancestors lived old enough to have a child or you wouldn't be here. Every one of your ancestors survived through the Ice Age. Every one of your ancestors survived through the Black Death, which killed one of two people alive during that time. Every one of your ancestors survived the biggest disaster this earth has ever seen, the Great Flood, because we all come from those eight people. Everyone in this room comes from those eight people. Your ancestors survived. They were the only ones, but they beat the odds, right? Do you realize it's just one? If one of your ancestors didn't make it, make it. If one of them didn't uh, live to be childbearing age, if just one of them, one of them, you wouldn't be here today. You wouldn't be here today. Now we had to add all these stats up and then add also the, the expansion rate and we get a mind-boggling number of the odds that you were born. The odds that you were born are 1 in 10 with 3 million zeros after that. The known atoms in the universe is 1 in 10 with 82 zeros. You're more likely to get struck by lightning 1,000 times in one day than to be alive. You are more likely to die in an airplane crash every single day of the year back to back than to be here right now. You are more likely to win the lottery nine times in a row than to be right here, right now. That number is the same odds. Right here. This is where I want you to. I want everybody roll their dice right now. Everybody roll your dice and tell me what number you get. Alright, so I guess what? I've already heard different numbers. Nobody, we all didn't roll the same number. I only handed out 12 dice, okay? That number, the same odds of you being alive right now, that number. Is the same as if I gave everybody in the whole planet Earth a trillion sided dice, not a six sided dice, but a trillion sided dice, and they rolled it at the same exact time and got the same number. That's the odds of you being alive and sitting right here, right now. God was for you. You were all here for a reason. God wouldn't put that much time into your life, but you were here for a reason tonight. The odds may have been against you. But God was for you. God was for you. Every one of us has conquered the odds. God loaded the dice and rolled us out into existence. Not the universe being created. Look, we're not... Listen, the Red Sea, I'm sure the odds are better for the Red Sea to part. I'm sure the odds are better for the universe to come into existence than for you to be here. We are God's greatest miracle. Us human beings, alive right today, we're the, we're the greatest miracle He's ever put. We're made in His image. There's, he has hope for us. He doesn't desire any of us to go to hell. He desires us all to be right and go to eternity in heaven with Him. He wants us all to be there, every one of us. And if that doesn't show you, then I don't know how else to show you. I showed you with science right there that God is for you. God is for you today. We aren't one in a million. We're actually one in a number I can't even say. The odds of us being alive are so small, yet every person in the world has accomplished it. If that doesn't prove God exists, what else can? The odds of you being here today is 0.0 followed by 3 million zeros percent. Basically zero, but God is for us. So guess what that means? Yes, my point in this whole sermon, guess what that means? There was a 100% chance of you being born. 100% chance. You were here because God was for you. Against all odds, God is for you. I know the expansion of the universe had a high odd of 1 in 10 to the 55th power, but God did it. That means there was a 100% chance of the universe happening. God said, let there be light, and boom, there it was. No odds would stop that. I don't care what odds said. When God said, let there be light, nothing's going to stop light from happening. You understand? God is powerful. God, Nothing's going to stop God when God is for you. No odds. No odds. When Daniel was punished, he was thrown in a den of lions. They could have had him stoned. They could have starred him. They could have thrown him in a pit of wild dogs. But God said, no, throw him in the pit of lions because you're going to see my glory in full effect. Not one of the lions will even open their mouth. I'm for Daniel. He's going to conquer the odds. When Shabrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in the flames, they, they, threw, they turned the furnace up seven times higher, so hot that the men that actually turned the furnace up died. But God was sitting on his throne saying, you know what? Turn it up more. Turn it up more. There's a 100% chance those boys are coming out of that fire. 100%. Because I'm for them. 100% chance. I don't care how hot you turn it. I don't care if it's the hottest you can get it. They're coming out of that fire alive. 100% chance when the Egyptians were chasing down the Israelites and they came to the dead end at the Red Sea. Do you know what God was thinking? I'm for these people. Bring out your whole army. Send them all down here. I don't care who you send down here because I know for 100% fact these Israelites are getting across that sea. I know for 100% fact this sea's about to split open. There ain't no odds that could have stopped that. When young David pulled up to the scene, slingshot and pebble in his hand, God purposely Put out the biggest man. He purposely put up him against the biggest, tallest person. God said, I don't care if he's 10, 11, 12, 15 foot tall. There's no chance that David's losing this battle. There's no chance. It's 100% chance going to happen with the success that that pebble's going to hit him in the head and he's going to fall over dead. It's 100%. So when God is for you, it's 100%. 100%. God knew... You know, God knew that the boy David had to win. God knew that David boy boy had to win and become king. And that one day down the road through his line, a man named Jesus was going to be born through that man David. God knew Goliath had 0% chance that day. Because if Goliath would have beat that man David, then he wouldn't have been able to bring his son Jesus. Do you see what I'm saying? God, there was no chance that David would have lost that day. No chance. doesn't matter what the odds say when God is for you. The odds are for you. With God, with God, the impossible becomes possible, and the odds are never against us. There is no such thing as odds when you got when you got a God that rules the universe with a staff and a rod. There's no such thing as odds when you got God. Do you understand? No such thing as coincidence. No such thing as circumstance. It's God saying He's for you. You have dreams, dream big. Don't look at the odds because if God wants that dream for you, then God's gonna be for you. Odds won't be against you. Now, after we have confronted the odds and we've contested the odds, we will conquer the odds. We can walk with confidence in knowing our God will answer us because he is for us. You can conquer the odds today in front of you with God who is for you. And my last point today, odds are grace is for you. So we need to convey the odds. The Bible says, cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about in the body of the dying of Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. We have the power of the living God inside of us. It's all of Him and not of us. But you read it. We may be cast down in this world of sin, but not destroyed. We have a thing called grace. Amen. We have a thing called grace. And it's here for us every day. Grace is extended to every living person. Do you know why? Because we're blessed. Grace is extended to every person because we're all here for a reason. I just went over that. Every one of us would beat the odds. God wants us all to go to heaven. We all have the chance to have grace. Jesus said He comes so we could have life more abundantly. Not everyone will accept it, but Jesus died for everyone. I'm telling you that now. And He is for you in whatever odds you're facing today. So convey those odds. Convey means communicate or tell. Tell someone the odds are for them. Tell someone that grace is for them. Tell someone about Jesus. That last verse says, Bearing about in the dying body of the Lord Jesus. We are going to suffer. We are going to suffer in this world. I'm not going to be a Joel Osteen today and tell you you ain't going to suffer again. You're going to suffer. There's going to be times where suffering comes. But I'm telling you, there's a place one day called heaven. One day, it don't matter if we die in in this suffering. Heaven's coming the next day, right? As soon as we close our eyes here, we're in the presence of the Lord if you're saved today. We're going to get through the valley one day. And we're going to be over there rejoicing and shouting. Amen. I can't tell you why children have cancer. I can't tell you why 9-11 happened. I can't tell you why God allows rape and torture. If I only had a looking glass to see God's ways, but honestly, if I had a looking glass to see, I wouldn't be able to understand it. I wouldn't be able to understand it. The Bible says that His ways and His thoughts are not our thoughts and ways. We serve a more high and mighty God than all of that. I can tell you, though, that suffering is the ingredient added to us that moves us so God can be more visible in our lives. God allows this suffering so we can overcome it. So we can show people that God is for us. So we can show people, hey, hey, we beat, we beat it because we got God on our side. So we, can say, so we can go to the unbelievers and say, look what God brought me through. Convey those odds. Verse 10 says, so we got to say, Lord, thank you that you're bigger than this sickness, greater than this addiction, more powerful than these opponents. If you stay in the faith, you're going to become a testimony. People are going to look to you. And, God, and see God's favor in your life. Grace is for you. Jesus is for you. So tell somebody about it and convey those odds. Listen, even God's gave us three keys, three keys to beat the odds. In Matthew 17, He says, If it just takes faith as small as a mustard seed, you can tell that mountain move and it'll move. But this kind go without not only by fasting and prayer. Fasting and prayer. So faith, prayer, and fasting. Three components right there that you need. It's one thing to preach or to tell someone to have faith. It's another for them to actually live by faith. You might not be able to increase your faith, but God can. How do you increase your faith? By praying, by studying, by getting in the Word. That's how you increase it. You do the other two. If you don't have strong faith, then you start praying and fasting to get faith. Even when you don't want to fast, you can't. Even when you don't want to pray, you can't. So don't expect God to put in the work without you putting in the work. You've got to put in some work to it. Odds are that Daniel kid probably ain't going to make it in that lion's den. Well, it might have been so if he wasn't praying the day before. Odds are that boy ain't going to survive being swallowed by that fish. Odds are if he wouldn't have repented in the belly of the fish and said he wasn't going to go to Nineveh. You know, he, he changed his mind in that belly of fish. Odds are that old man Moses ain't going to make it three days on that mountain with the Lord with him. Well, good thing he was on that mountain fasting with God 40 days. Odds are your church is going to fall. It may as well, It may, if we don't start praying and, doing, and having faith and building this church. Odds are abortion is going to run wild and, and, and move more and more people. Well, guess what? If we don't start praying and fasting and living by faith, that could very well be it. Odds are Christianity is going to die out in the next couple of generations. It very well could if we don't start fasting, praying, and giving it all over to God, and we're just laying down and giving up on Him. We've got to get right with God now. The time is against us. Life is against us. Addiction. Odds may seem like they're against you. Addiction runs in your family. No one before has graduated college. Cancer runs in your family. It's bound to happen Sunday. But when God is for you you come to Him through prayer and fasting, He's bound to level out. The mountain and put a stop to those generational curses. I tell you what, I'm looking at them right now with my family. It's a generational curse that was put a stop to because of God, not from because of me, not because of my brother. It's because of God, and it's because of God. The Lord will lead you when you do it. When you start praying, the Lord will lead you. So, so listen. When you when you got to put, when you have to put in the work. That's what I'm gonna tell you today. Odds are for you, but you got to put in the work. I know my God is a living God. I know my God answers prayer. I know my God has all the power in His hand. If you have the same confidence I do, the doctor may say death, but God says life. Friends may say you're on your own, but God says I'm with you. The enemy may say I'm trapped, but God says stretch out your rod, stretch forth your rod. The bank may say deny, but God says approved. I have all confidence in my God. Keep your commitment to God, and God will keep His commitment to you. We're a walking miracle. Remember that. You're a walking miracle today. God put His time and effort into your life. God put His time and effort to make sure you were born. Amen. It is a miracle that you're here. What is God do, going to do with you? God want, Hey, Jesus was arrested by the crowd. He was born in a manger. What are the odds that anybody's going to ever have it come? What are the odds? He was, he, was, he was in Nazareth. What are the odds anybody comes out of Nazareth? He, 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 he was a carpenter. What are the odds God's going to do anything with a carpenter? And then what they do? They arrested Him. What are the odds? They mocked Him. What are the odds? They spit on Him. What are the odds? They nailed His hands. What are the odds? They hung Him on the cross. What are the odds? Odds ain't looking so good now. He died. What are the odds? It looks like it's all over. But He rose from the dead. What are the odds? He has all the power in His hands. The odds are looking good now. He's sitting next to the Father. The odds are looking good now. Tell somebody today, victory is mine. Victory is mine. Today, victory is mine. We will confront. We will contest. And with the help of God, we will conquer. But then when we've conquered, we're going to go out and convey with others the odds. That grace is for them. And that when God is on your side, what odds can be against you? If God before you, who can be against you? Against all odds, I am a child of the living God.